Welcome back to the Crooked Spine Show. Are you thinking about becoming a chiropractor or other, other health professionals too? I give these students through the KGI's Professional Spotlight Program, which is Keck Graduate Student Claremont, a real idea of what it takes to get through school, what it takes to learn while you're in school, and also the internships involved that I went through to help me come gain my experience and gain that, if you want to call it a short of my learning curve, become a fishing chiropractor as soon as I could once I finished school. In this talk today, I give my, these students an idea of what I do with my interns, how I increase their overall ability to build trust with patients through their attitude, through their personality, even through their mannerisms too. In this talk also, we talk about too, what is chiropractic? How does it help people? How does it help people get through pain? And how to communicate that with patients as a doctor. Again, the internship program that I, that I offer in my office to volunteering allows do, uh, these students to see actually firsthand that doctor patient relationship. So I, I recommend them to do that. And anyone in the profession or wanting in healthcare, do the same thing. In this talk, we talk about too, as a chiropractor, how physical it is, how to keep your body healthy, and what the purpose of that is. So I want to give these students a real idea of what it takes to become a chiropractor, become one in my sense for 20 years and stay healthy on myself and have a growing successful practice. So the show notes, we have links to the overall show. This is only a podcast time, not a video. And we have also links to our previous podcasts. So look at the show notes too, look at the highlights, see what you want them to see. If you're on YouTube, not on YouTube, the show itself, you can cut right to that at that point. So you want to see, if not, enjoy the show, enjoy what a chiropractic is behind the scenes and also what it takes to become one and stay one for 20 years as I have. All right, so enjoy the show, my friends. I'll see you next week non-Californians or students who went outside of California for college and so they are joining us from Eastern time or what have you. Uh, there is no specific format as our students know uh, so you have the entire hour with them. Great. I wish you would like to be uh, engaged with them so without any further ado they're all yours. Fantastic. I am Dr. Tony. I live in, and work in Upland, California, Southern Recording California. Recording in progress. And, and what, I, what I do, I've been a chiropractor for about 20 years. My job today in my mindset is going to be how do I give you guys a sense of what chiropractic is, but also more importantly, is it worth it to you and does it match your personality? My biggest thing as a chiropractor for 20 years, I've seen people come into the profession and leave the profession. I went my half my class and you had done a, a talk, I think it was last week, last Thursday with someone from Life University. They will give you the great marketing of chiropractic school. What it, what, it, what it actually requires, and it's a great profession, which is phenomenal. The, the difficulty is with me is, okay, how do you make sure your personality, your lifestyle, your physicality can handle seeing patients, say anywhere from 50 to 70 to 80 patients a day? When I push on someone's back or neck, I'm gonna treat someone full spine. That requires about probably six or seven thrusts or pushes on that person. If I do that, say 70, say I did it yesterday about 67 times yesterday, I did it on Tuesday about 71 times, I'll do it today about 65 times on average, can you handle that physicality of this work? Even though you have to have the mindset of being a doctor, a physician, understanding someone's their, their overall health, how to diagnose what they're feeling and what they're doing, you have to make sure also, can you physically do this? I have people that I went to school that were pretty smart and half of them, half of my class, this is 20 years ago, half my class dropped out during school. So even though the school, in my sense, they're looking for students, correct? They're a profit organization. They're looking to actually build their profit as a school to make their school profitable, pay their teachers, pay facility, and have more students come in there. 
The thing is, can you get the ROI out of that? What I mean by ROI, if you don't understand what ROI is, is if I, if I give uh, Mr. June, say, $10, and he gives me $5 back, is that a negative or positive ROI? That's a negative ROI by about, I want to say, 50%. If I give June $10 and he gives me $20 back, that's 100% ROI. So can I come out of school, and when you want to go, well, I'm not sure if it's going to be chiropractic or osteopathy school, become a DO, um, or even a, a medical doctor too, what ROI are you expecting out of that school? What, what do you want to make out of there? I, I want to make sure you understand in healthcare, you have to be able to enjoy a lifestyle so you don't burn out, but also be able to make enough money to support your family and hopefully more than that too. Again, and when I go back to half my class graduate or, or not finishing, half my class dropping out, realize when you drop out of chiropractic school, you're taking out for most people a federal student loans. When you, when you get federal student loans, the, the thing is, they follow you everywhere. They're like your shadow. If you, you can't get away from them. So if you came out, with, if you didn't finish school, you owe $10,000, you're going to owe $10,000 until, until the day you die. And the thing is, too, once you come out of school, you have to have enough knowledge, enough education, also enough willing to continue to self-educate to make sure you learn more because half my class five years after I graduated from school dropped out also. So my class, I talked to a, a Dr. Rosen, he's in Florida, he's a, he's a colleague of mine I graduated with yesterday. We're going to do a podcast next week together. Half, a quarter of our class actually graduated are still doing chiropractic. Our profession requires, again, the physicality, but also like Dr. Rosen does, my partner does, a lot of it is educate your community. A lot of people do not know about chiropractic. The reason is we do not market ourselves well enough in the public media. What I mean by that is TV or radio. Yes, we're on social media. Yes, we do that a lot. And I do that a lot myself. And doc, like I said, my, doc, my colleague, Dr. Rosen. But unless you market yourself and are a good marketer of yourself, you're going to have a practice that requires on paid media, paid marketing to build your practice. You have to make sure if you're in your chiropractic, because we're not, when you see chiropractic, people come in, I'll, I'll see about probably this morning, about 30 people. I'll have probably four new patients. I'll ask them, what do you know about chiropractic? They go, you crack backs, you, you crack necks, you make people's pain go away. Great, that's a good start, but our biggest goal is increasing someone's quality of life. Can we make their overall whole person better? You had, you had, I think it was yesterday, a couple days ago, had talked to D.O. who does sometimes chiropractic care. Chiropractic care, yes, physicality, we adjust bones, we move bones to make people feel better. As a chiropractor, our job is to make sure people understand our philosophy is treating the whole person. The whole, and what I mean by the whole person, the holistic approach is yes, they may have neck pain, but also is that neck pain related to maybe their posture, maybe their stress level, maybe their overall commute to work. So my job is to make sure I understand the whole person's whole stress level, what affects their overall body to make their body better so their overall neck pain goes away. I wanna make sure someone in my practice understands we're going to help their body become more efficient and stronger to handle that stress of where it is. Who, who, uh, who went through the, the pandemic the last year and a half or so? The coronavirus, correct? All of us did. Understand, with that, our practice grew. My practice grew personally and also professionally too because we were able to have that mindset of getting people's stress levels uh, based on handle that stress of wherever they are. Maybe they're working from home, maybe having to stay away from family for one too, allowing them to actually deal with that on a positive level. What I mean by that is we do not, as chiropractors, two things we do not do. We do not do surgery, we do not prescribe medications. Because of that, 
we're able to treat the body naturally through chiropractic care and through exercise and stretching and if you want to call it mental health too at a certain level at that point people get better in in a natural way our body again this is chiropractic philosophy is a self-regulating self-healing system our body is when we think of of giving ourselves chronic medications chronic if you want to call it medications and even shots for one too you're taking something that is efficient already and you're saying you're telling yourself my body is inefficient i need these medications to stay healthy and my thing is is as we treat our patients as we educate our patients more and more as chiropractic patients we want them to understand is you're in charge of your body you're your best doctor what i mean by that is i want to give you enough tools to get out there and start stretching more start working out more working about your posture working about what you maybe what you eat and what you put in your body so it trickles down to okay if this feels good to me this is good for me can i maintain this and now i know what it is make sure that stays my normal when it's not yeah i'll go see the chiropractor i'll get some care i'll get some education but overall i know what normal is but we have to in my sense when i see a patient is see where they are and that's by asking questions in chiropractic you have to be a someone who has to want to talk to people i talk like so when i see a patient I just don't go, I, I don't go, I don't point and go, go lie down, go, go and, and I'm going to treat you right now. I want to see how their day's going, how their week's going, how they're feeling, how their last treatment went. I want to see what's helping them, what's hurting them. Can I give them more stretches to do? Can I give them more things to do at home? Some more homework to make their overall body better so they learn how to take care of their own body. I tell my patients, I'm too busy as it is. I don't want to see you unless you have a problem. We have to figure out we have to educate you what how you go go about seeing a problem to make that your sense of being your best doctor to realize a lot of what we do with chiropractic someone's first adjustment is the most amazing when i say amazing or fascinating they can scream like mars and realize mars when i adjusted him the first time when i adjusted his wife actually first she was sitting down in the chair where she was videotaping and he ran out of the room he took off I'm like, what's wrong with what's wrong with your husband? And 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 she had said he is deathly afraid. I'm like, perfect, get him on video. The reason I want I, I have this video out there on YouTube, LinkedIn, everywhere, Facebook, everywhere else too, and, and a lot of views, whatever, is I want people to realize chiropractic is exciting for the patient and for the doctor also. As a chiropractic doctor, you have to realize your patients will react how they want to react. Some people will cry, some people will laugh like or scream like Mars did. Some people will speak in tongues you know, or have Tourette's too. So when you're a chiropractic doctor, you have to be able to expect, and then over time, a patient's reaction as fascinating, as entertaining sometimes, to make the patient feel that's what you expected. Patients are going to come to you initially to feel good as a chiropractic patient. You want to make them feel good, but you also want to make them feel good and help them understand why. Part of chiropractic, again, is, is the lack of education to the communities of what we do. And when you don't tell someone what, what it is, they'll believe all the horror stories. Don't see a chiropractor cause a stroke. They'll hurt you. They're not licensed doctors. That's a sham. All that stuff, too. But when you put stuff out there and you educate your community, such as I have done, like June had mentioned, allows you to become more reputable, have a better brand for you and your office, to make it more accepted to community that you are their primary doctor, you're their chiropractor. You're not a subsidiary of medicine, you're at the same level because now they trust you for your care. 
To build that trust is very important with a patient. I'm not sure, I'm not, I don't care if you're an, an MD, a DO, a chiropractor, PA, or PT. To build trust is very important with patients. And it takes a lot of time sometimes to understand how to do it very, very quickly. For students here today, I'm going to tell you a few things you can do as you get into internships, as you get some experience, hopefully volunteering also, to realize a couple things you can do to build trust very, very quickly. There's a saying out there called, like attracts like. What that means is if someone bends your head to the left, this might look right on your screen too, you bend your head also. If someone talks at a high volume, you talk at a high volume. If someone talks at a low volume, you talk at a low volume. If someone speaks at a slow pace, you speak at a low slow pace. By doing like attracts like allows you to build subconscious likeness that you're like them. That you can, that, and by liking, by having them like you because you like them, they will build trust with you. They'll, they'll build trust with you and they'll help, under, help them understand that you're helped to help listen by listening. Let me repeat that again. If they think you, they like, you like them, which hopefully you do care, at that point they'll listen to your advice. And once they think that you care, you got them. Then you can tell them exactly how they're going to help them. But if someone's sitting here on their phone the whole time as you're talking to them, okay, 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 yeah, I got it, I got it, I got it, I hear all your complaints, I hear, I hear Mrs. Jones, what's going on, and your head you're saying, that person is listening to me, it's not, they're not looking at me, they're not seeing me, they're not, they can't hear me, at that point, they're going to think as a physician, as a chiropractor, or as an MD or a PT, you don't care. And if you don't care, at that point, your reputation goes from here to here to here to here. I did a talk yesterday with a bunch of seniors, a workshop on posture. I've done that workshop since 2016 with them every month. I take usually December off, and I think just December and October off because it, it's the weird time of year, 10 times a year pre-COVID. They come back every time for my talks. I go, hey, you've, you've seen this talk 10 times already. Why are you coming back? Because I come here because you entertain us, but also because you care about our health. And I do these talks freely. This is my, this is my normal thing for the community. So people understand, yes, how to get help with chiropractic exercise, but also I want to show people that I'm there to help them and not just to have my own practice. And, and people complain all the time, especially right now with, with telemedicine and just having phone calls with your doctor to diagnose your problem. There's a lack of emotional attachment to that quick visit with the doctor. I see someone for five minutes. That's all they need. Boom, done. But their five minutes is, I want to make sure five minutes is there that I'm with them the whole time. That I'm here listening to what's going on. I'll also, too, if someone says, yeah, I had a problem when I came, when I get out of bed this morning, before they leave, I'm going to go, make sure tomorrow morning, I hope you get out of bed and it feels good to you. When you repeat things back to a patient, it helps them understand, again, that you care. That you care, that you care, that you care. You want to make sure you do that because that's a patient. When you see a chiropractic patient, you don't just see him once. You may see him four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times a year. You want to make sure they understand when to come back, yes, but why to come back? Because you care. Okay? Any questions at all? Anything, anything coming up in your heads? Anything yet? Nothing? Show me the thumbs. I want to see the thumbs. Make sure all the audio is everyone awake. Technology is working. It is early. Thank you guys. Thank you. Okay. So, my, and I'm going to give some, I'll, what I'll do is, is post some stuff too and go to my show notes. I'll, I'll put a link also to my YouTube playlist. I have probably at least a thousand videos on YouTube. I've posted since 2012. 
a lot of it is we have to make sure as a physician and even as a PT or if you want to call it separate because I think about the same, a lot of it is we have to make sure we get our patients to understand how we want to help them. And as a chiropractor, my job is to make sure we get things to where we actually, in a profession, when you get into a profession, as I'm in private practice, it's about getting the patient to understand you're there for their health and not just their back or neck. You're there as a holistic chiropractor, allow them to realize, I want you to do stretches at home, I want you to do exercise at home, I'm gonna check on you over time. I'll even, what I do also, I call my patient the next day, how are things going? What's going on with your body? How do you feel from your treatment yesterday? Any questions at all? When you ask someone, do you have any more questions for me? That is a great way to prevent not only a lawsuit, but also the doc gave me a chance to, to say my, 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 my spiel, my talk. It allowed me to actually voice my opinion of what's going on. When you do that and the patient talks to you and, and talks to you and talks and talks to you, they become more comfortable with you. You become their primary doctor in a sense where you want them to become part of your community, part of your healthcare office. So they come back maybe once a month, once a year, once a week, whatever it is, to make themselves feel better, not only physically, but also they make them feel better mentally. Uh, part of my, on my back of my card, it says, even if it's not the best day of your life, why not just pretend? When we feel good here, our body's going to feel good too. When we feel negative here in our head, at that point, our, our body will feel that stress, that stressor, to become more stressed over time. I want someone to leave my office and feel like they had a good experience no matter what's going on. Even if I can't help them that day, I want to make sure they leave with a smile on their face with, hey, I got what you did today. One thing, I, I, gave, I gave a commencement speech to a couple ROP programs in my area uh, back pre-COVID. The biggest thing I, I found was affecting the speech is making sure people understand when, when we take these masks off and get back to our normal, whatever it's going to be, we have, people have to see your smile. When you can smile to a patient and show them that you, and that's going to be a way to show them that you care, they're going to get that and they're going to smile back. Does that make sense? When we smile at somebody, their first reaction is going to be, usually unless they're having a really, really, really bad day, is to smile back. Even if it's just like, oh, how you doing? What's going on? You know, by doing that allows you to get, again, gain, gain that respect for the patient that showed that you care and that you listened. That's the biggest thing with students is when you come out of school, a lot of us, and myself too, we were so focused on getting our classes done, getting through our, our testing, getting through like, like the person life versus university said too, getting through our board exams, getting everything certified, getting everything done. The problem is once you get out of school, now we're out of school. Now what do we do? By listening to these talks, by being part of Keck University or by, by this institute allows you to get that pre-class. So the time you come out, you're gonna be ready to actually see patients, understand how and why. In my office for the last about six, seven years, I've had interns come in from high school, from colleges, my pre-programs to go and volunteer and shadow me. The reason is, yes, I like their free, because I, I, don't, I don't pay them, there's volunteers, I like their free help in the office, but I want them to see the patient-doc relationship and get that down so at that point, their future healthcare as a physician will help them to overall become a better person. I'm, a lot of my interns, when they come in, like all of us were normally in school, are introverts. We hit the books, we do our thing, we get out of school. At that point, we don't, we're not very socialized. So my job with my interns was, when you come to my office, I want you to remember everyone's name. I want you to talk to everyone you come in with, you, 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 you come in contact with. Before you leave the office today from your volunteership, 
I want you to tell me everyone's name. They go, really? I'm like, yes, I do. It gets them out of their comfort zone. We have to get uncomfortable to learn, to get ourselves not only mature as a person, but also educate ourselves too. If you're in a healthcare program now, either, either pre-med or a, pre a graduate program or in high school where you're going pre-med eventually, you're going to be uncomfortable with the class you're gonna to have to take, the hours you're gonna to have to put in the class and all the tests you're gonna to take to. It's gonna make you uncomfortable. But can you use that uncomfortableness to realize that's gonna help me grow? I think when we have that, allows your body to overall feel better and be better. And then quick question from Ms. Shana. Was it again? Do you have the question up? Anybody read that? Dr. Tony, I'll go to the question, but before I do, I have to make this comment. It sounds very clear to me, Dr. Tony, you have your patients back and so much more. Well, I really love everything that you're saying. It really aligns with a lot of the philosophies of the work that we do with our students. Shania's question here is, will the patient have pain that lasts for a couple of hours after the appointment is done? And a good question, and a lot of it is it's per person. And, and the biggest thing you can do for a patient to feel comfortable with that is you have to prep them first, give them an acceptation. If I treat someone and they're in a lot of, they're, say their pain level is a 10 out of 10 already, I'm gonna tell them my job today is get you to a, instead of being a 10 out of 10, I want it a 9.7 by the time you leave today. Maybe like 9.5. By giving them that, that, I wanna call it a low expectation of it's gonna get better, at that point, if they feel even better than that, they go, wow, that must, be even, that must have even proved even better. So someone might be in pain, but there might be a reasonable outcome from the treatment. If you leave someone and tell them you're gonna be, they're gonna be 100% of them leaving, they're not, they're like, well, that didn't work. So how do we make sure that the expectation to leave the office is, you want, you're gonna feel this, maybe for the next couple hours, maybe they're half of the day, but I want you to ice at home, I want you to do this at home, so hopefully by tomorrow, it's gonna feel better. But it's going to take some time, maybe maybe four or five days, maybe a couple weeks, based on your pain level, to get down to under a five where it can heal. We can actually get better and start saying better. So I'm going to take, I may, I say rest today, I want you just to rest at home today. I'm going to give you no take off, take off work if you need it. I'm going to go, I don't want you to do this, this, and this. I want to give them a play-by-play, -play, a step-by-step -step what to do so they're going to feel better over time. So they have a realistic expectation what to do. And June, like you said earlier too, when you're a chiropractor, and, and everyone's different, right? Everyone has their personality. My job is I'm always a chiropractor, 24-7. My phone's always on. I get notifications out on a Sunday at four o'clock. Hey, doctor, I'm problems with this. Let's figure out what's going on. Let me give you a quick phone call. So when you're, when you're into someone's health and about caring about them, you're, you're always available to them. Yes, it's have to be reasonable. Sometimes people will just chit-chat when I'm like, no, no, I'm not here for chit-chat. I'm here to be your chiropractor. You wanna keep it professional and sometimes at a you want to be you want to be friendly but not their friend there's a way to say that you want to be their professional doctor but not just call me because you're having a bad day so and, and the thing is i give every patient my patient my phone number my cell phone number who calls me every week zero unless someone's in a lot of pain zero people call them because they know once you give them access to you Reverse psychology, like, well, I don't have to call them, but I'll have them just in case. So you want to make sure having access to your, to your patients or having patients access to you at a professional level allows you to have that connection again with them overall. One thing too, going back to pain, pain is sometimes a sign of your body needing help. Pain is your alarm system going off, going, hey, help me, please. And sometimes it comes out as numbness tingling, weakness, burning. 
So we have to tell the patient, these are normal things that happen because it's coming from here. It's coming from your nervous system, it's coming from your spine. And what my job is to make that spine looser. And by doing that, make that nerve relax. So the nerve relaxes, your muscles relax. Then the pain starts minimized, becomes going away over time. The pain might become tightness. Pain might become more overall pressure. But we can read that over time so you understand as a patient how it's gonna help your overall body heal properly. And so, I, and so I tell them sometimes once you're out of pain, my job is to make you uncomfortable. Now I give you things to make your body stretch and over time get stronger so that uncomfortableness gets your body healthier. If someone's been an athlete before, you had to train as an athlete, maybe high school, college, whatever it might be, even, even pre-high school. At that point, that training probably sucked a little bit. That probably hurt, made your lungs just want to expand and burst, made your legs kind of burn, okay? But that you knew when you got through that, that you'd be a better athlete, a better person, a better overall conditioned, healthy person. My job is to make people healthy by sometimes making them comfortable because they haven't gone through that before. People come to my office sometimes they've never worked out before in their life. They don't know what weights are. They don't know what a treadmill is. They, they've just studied, 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 if that's what it is. If we make them understand, okay, let's find out where they are, give them tools, and again, not to spend five hours with someone, give them enough tools to start building up a routine at home to get themselves healthy. I send patients videos how to stretch, how to strengthen for your back or neck, whatever it is. I want them to give them homework, so at that point they build their routine, what they want to do to make themselves healthy. They want a bike ride, good, just, just let's bike ride for this amount of time, come home and I sit down and do the stretch so your body can feel better tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. As, as students too, the biggest thing advice I can give you is volunteer. When I say volunteer, is find what, what you think you may want to do and who knows what a phone book is. I, I do too because I'm old enough. I get it. I'm old enough. I, I, I have an intern right now and uh, she's going to UCR, UC Riverside, and she's, a, she's going to her sophomore year and I asked her, hey, so do your parents still have a phone book? Do your parents have one? They go, she goes, what's a phone book? I go, oh, great. That just aged me a lot. When I was in school, uh, my biggest thing is when you go in practical school that she had mentioned at Life University, it's about 10 semesters, about three and a half years. After my first semester, I said, okay, if, I, if I'm going to go into practice, private practice, I have, to have, I have to know where to go. So I took this phone book, and, I, and right now you'd probably, if anything, go to Yelp or go to Google and look in your area, okay, for chiropractors. And I said, okay, how do I find the best ones in my area? And the best one in the Yelp page was when they had the, basically in the front ads, you paid for the ads, they paid the most for them. And we paid for our ads, like 1200 bucks a, a, a month for our ad. At that point, we take those ads and I took the first 10 and went, okay, I'm gonna call these people and see if the chiropractor is okay meeting me just to go to an interview. Just to go, hey, look, I wanna just talk to you. I'm gonna be in chiropractic school right now. Can I come and talk to you just to tell you what's going on? So I would do now in 2021, go to Yelp, um, go to Google reviews. Okay, find the, the 10 best ones in your area and go and call them, hey, can I just spend maybe 15 minutes with you and just talk about your profession? As a chiropractor or a PT or MD or anesthesiologist, whatever you wanna do, and find that profession and go, I'm gonna go and just kind of just talk. Out of those 10 you call, maybe four, maybe five will actually wanna to talk to you. Maybe. Okay, so you have to call 10. This is a step-by-step -step now. You have to call about 10 to actually get five to one to talk to you, maybe even three or four. When you have a chance, then, okay, when's a good time to the doctor? Let me get in there. Just a quick talk. Again, go in professional, look professional. Don't look like you just came off the beach, something like that, came out of bed. So you want to have, a, and again, as, as, Dr., as June had mentioned probably before too, or other doctors, is 
you're, how many times do you get to make a first impression? Just once, right? One time. So you want to make the first impression with that doctor, that PT, that office man, whatever it is, the best press you can. So dress professionally, okay, for that profession. When you get there, introduce yourself. You don't need a resume, things like that. You're just a student, right? Just, you're not, you're, when you're a student, you're not a threat to that person. You're not competition, per se. Can I just talk and, and see what they like about dress? Because I'm thinking about going into here, but I'm not sure yet. If a doctor is a successful doctor, meaning they're happy with their profession, or a PT, or, or a nurse, whatever it might be, they're happy with their profession, they're happy with what they do, they're going to go, they're going to give you like, yeah, it's a great profession, does this, 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 but it has this, this, this too. So they're going to give you the step-by-step how to be successful. If they're not happy with their profession, you're going to go like, well, it's this. You're going you're gonna to get by their tone of voice, by their, their, their mood, they like the profession or not. And if someone is, is, is not happy with their profession, they won't even want to talk to you. So don't even worry about those people. But go and volunteer when you have that 10 minutes. Hey, look, thank you for your time. At that point, when's a good time to come in and volunteer to help your practice? How can I help you? What can I do to help to be a volunteer? Again, no charge. I just want to go get experience in what's going on with your office. And if someone, again, is happy with their practice, like, like I am, at least I think I am, they'll go, yeah, come in on a Monday from 2 to 3. that point, see my patients with me. At that point, let's see if, if it's really what you want to do. When you get that experience, like I did coming after my first semester out of 10, at that point, you get the experience, you help the doctor out, you, you see how practice works, you understand the mentality you need for that profession too, how fast paced it is, how slow paced it is, what you have to even learn on the job too. At that point, you may actually have someone like I did, by the time I graduated, you already had a job lined up. So by the time that person I worked with uh, Dr. Nave and Ranch Cucamonga over here, at that point, I had a job. He was like, hey, my associate left. When can you start practicing? I'm like, I get my license in about three months. Is that good? He's like, yeah, perfect. Good. Start tomorrow. Go. So even after I graduated, I was like, starting the next day, I had my license in, my, in the mail. Good. Let's start tomorrow. So I was still helping out the practice because we graduate. At that point, you wait for your license to come in the mail. But you, you need to make sure you're thinking two steps ahead, even one step ahead. If I'm going to get into chiropractic or PT or PA or MD, where can I go and volunteer now, maybe private practice, at that point go and help so I, I get that not only experience, but also that person goes, hey, I may not work with you, but can you write me a good letter of rec for this office over here or this company over here or this hospital over here? When you apply for a job, they're going to want to know what's your experience. Your education, yes. You have a license, yes. But what's your experience? If you have no experience, your value to that practice, to that even hospital too, becomes less and less and less. Once the experience, they go, hey, they're person who can handle the job. Let's hire them. Or you might be more probation period. Well, well, let's find if they can actually do that. Because part of being in practice or being a chiropractor or a PT or something else, it's, it's a couple things. Yes, you need the knowledge. Yes, you need education. Yes, you need your certificate or licensing. But you also want the experience too. And when you're in school as a student, your volunteer is your experience. You can't get that until you have a license. So volunteer to get the experience so you're, in, you're closer to getting that hands-on experience with patients once you get your license, once you get into a private practice, once you're actually getting paid to do what you want to do. Okay, any questions about that? So, Dr. Tony, I, there's a follow-up question uh, associated with that. I mean, Good. that was such a comfort. It incorporated so many of the things that we cover with our students. Yeah. And just uh, coincidentally, after your talk uh, at the top of the hour, 
we're actually going to transition and cover a little bit about networking because Good. a lot of students do not understand networking, what it is, what it, it isn't. They're naive. They didn't so, know. Yeah, they don't right. know. So that's great segue. So the question, the follow-up question says, how do I know the pain that I have needs an appointment at a chiropractic center? So I guess it sounds to me like, how do you know when that pain is the one to be, you know, seen by a chiropractor versus a pain that needs to, you know, go to the urgent care? Is there Good. some type of an indication, contraindication mm -hmm. to help the individual know which is which? Good. I, my, my, my rule of thumb is, if you had the pain more than three or four days, it's not getting better. The pain intensity is about the same. And it's, and it's the same or worse when you wake up in the morning, it's time to see a chiropractor. If you were on the weekend and you fell out of your truck or your car or, or fell down a flight of stairs, at that point, you have a pain that is intense at that right moment, the first 24 hours, go to the urgent care, go to the emergency room. You may have broken a bone. But a pain that's not getting better over time, and, and it's not a, and you're gonna know, is it sharp pain or what's going on with it, at that point, if it's not if it's not from a trauma, for one, at that point you're 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 qualified to get examined by a chiropractor. And what I mean by that is just because you come to a chiropractic office doesn't mean you get adjusted every time. But you want to get, the chiropractor if they're proficient and and we all should be, they'll do an examination interview with you to see at that point are you in the right place. If there's trauma involved, if there's a car accident, if it's a work injury or something where there's something where you may have broken something, or you might have even, for older patients, may have even had a stroke, my red flags go off my head, okay, let's get the person urgent care first, their primary doctor, get the examined, and, and, and one of my offices have an extra, which I'll take an extra in my office too if I need be, at that point, let's, die, let's rule out a medical problem, being a broken bone, a tumor, a fracture, a stroke, a heart issue, at that point, then we can, once that's ruled out, then we treat them with chiropractic care, get them to improve. But again, just go back to my rule of thumb is more than three or four days, not getting better, not trauma involved, not a stroke involved, boom, you're a patient chiropractic. Perfect, thank you. Good. And there's a question here from Mark. Uh, Good. Do you partner with any community health centers? I partner with a local physical therapist along with a local uh, primary care doctor. And it's, it's a nurse ortho orthopedic combination. Because even though I'm a chiropractor, which is great, I may see someone that needs PT, which I don't want to do. I'm, I'm too busy as it is. If I see 70 people a day, and I spend 20 minutes doing someone on PT, I'm going to be working about 12 hours a day. No, I need my sleep. I need to go work out, play golf, whatever it is, whatever I want to do that day. So I want to make sure I go, yes, I'm going to help you today, but here's, the, here's Dr. Here's Rosina and Smith down the street. I love them. They're great PTs. I'll talk to them for you. So I'll go, hey, Maria. This is what I want done and blah, 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 blah. Can you take care of their back, blah, 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 blah. Boom, they get the PT over there. I have someone who needs a shoulder MRI, some MRI in my office. I'll call Cynthia down the street at the ortho office. Hey, Cynthia, or a quick text. Hey, Cynthia, I'm gonna send you over Mark. Mark, at that point, he needs an MRI for a shoulder. Can you get him in right away? So people I, I network with, partner with, I want them in the same day or the next day. At that point, I'm not wasting time. People don't want to be in pain. The problem is now with COVID, Doctors have the excuse, yeah, I'll see you, but it'll be three weeks from now. I'll see you, but I'll see you in about four weeks. The problem is the pain's not going to go away in that period of time. So I want someone, I, I work with people or even, even attorneys too that take care of people right away. At that point, they're not wasting time because when, when you wait, the patient will become more anxious. Well, what else can I do in between? What else is going on? At that point, they may run to their MD, I need some medication, I need this, 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 this. 
you want to make sure you you kind of guide, even coach, even help patients based on their personality what to do next to make their overall body better and as fast as possible. Cool. Another question? Uh, we have a question from Hirsch. What settings can chiropractors work in? I've only seen private practices. Mm -hmm. Private practice is the best, is the normal one thing out there for one, too. There are some corporations like the Joint and Chiromax too, that have offices regionally and nationally too that work with chiropractors, but it's really private practice. We like, we, and the thing is, we like to be on our own because this is, it, it becomes part of that. I'm going away from medicine. I'm not going to hospital urgent care or an MD's office. I'm going to a chiropractic office for holistic natural care. So allow someone to separate and have that, that, that black and white of I'm not going to a medical facility. Even so, some chiropractors work with MDs in their office too. A lot of them going for natural health care because I'm separating myself from the medical model per se to get away from medications and or surgeries. So that's why chiropractic is more of a number one thing. The downside is it's hard to get a residency. There is no residency after during chiropractic school. You're actually having to go right into chiropractic either as a volunteer, we talked about a second ago, or as an intern um, during school, or even as an associate where you'd be an employee of that private practice. Um, you're, you're being paid by hourly or by patient um, or salary to work in someone's practice um, that you don't own yet. When I came out of school, I worked in private, I worked as an associate, um, at, like the same guy we talked about in Rancho, uh, for about two years, and he couldn't bring me on as part of it. I just wasn't financially able to. So at that point, I went down. I volunteered somewhere else during school and bought into that practice, paid for 49% of the shares of the practice to become a partner of the practice. So two options coming out of school, thinking about, again, the next step after chiropractic school, is become an associate, work for a salary, hourly, or commission, or maybe all three, and or buy into a practice based on what that value is going to practice, or third option is start your own practice. And it's a great start your own practice. Problem is, at that point, you're starting from scratch. So that's probably the most risky. Starting as an associate first, learn, learn on the job as an associate or as an employee of a corporation like the Joint or Chiromax um, or, and mentor that way. And then from there, go into your own private practice or buy into a practice yourself. Cool. Next question, my friends. It's actually a comment from one of the students uh, who actually works uh, in community health. Mm, good. His comment is, we have chiropractic services at Bay Area Community Health. At, uh, FQHC, our chiro staff came from private practice. And Perfect. Certainly, yeah. Good. It, it's, you know what I really appreciate this far? Uh, again, I've been working with pre-health students for almost 20 years. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, most of them being pre-med. Yeah. Uh, but always learning a little bit of something new all the time. Um, I never bothered to consider the physicality of being oh, a chiropractor. Yeah. That if you're just five foot one, you know, a 90 pound uh. individual, that's a tough line of work to be in. Yeah. You can do it. So, you can do right. it. But if I, I might, if you have a, if you're five one, 120, and you're working a patient that's, that is say 280, six eight, you don't have a lot of work to do. You're gonna be like a ninja climbing on the wall to jump on somebody, you're gonna be a wrestler. A WWF something, I don't know. My biggest patient ever, I, I'm, I'm about 5'10", with big hair, about 5'11", sometimes if I cut my hair or not. Uh, I'm about 190. My biggest patient ever so far was 480 pounds, 6'8", in 2016 October. And he couldn't fit in a chair, right? He was sitting on the bench in my, in my, off, in my chiropractic. I'm like, 
I hope it's his neck because that I can adjust the neck. I don't care how big you are. I can adjust neck pretty easy. Because yeah, my little back doc. I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do with this guy? So I go to Justin, right, and I'm like almost climbing the wall. I'm going, taking a, a jump in the air to kind of pound on this guy, and it actually worked. But I couldn't do that every day. So you have to physically. And what I what I tell people about chiropractic, I ask, what's your personality like? Are you an active person? Do you like to lift weights? Do you like hard? Do you stretch a lot? Because really, a lot of chiropractors may last 20 years, but they retire not because they want to retire. They're done financially. They're like, I have to find the bank. I'm done. But because they're they're broken, they they tore their shoulder, they broke their they hurt their wrist, their back. I, I had the chiropractor I replaced from my office. He 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 was done at 35. Financially, he was done at 35. They made enough money at 35. He was done, but. He had back surgery at the same time. He had a box put in his back, a a TENS unit to help with the pain level. So you have to realize, and I always work with a partner, and the reason is he adjusts me, he's my chiropractor. I get adjusted once a week, sometimes twice a week. I keep myself in shape. When I go to to continuing education courses where I see other chiropractors, there's always a table there because someone has to get adjusted. There's always someone sitting down on the floor because their back hurts too much. So my thing is, how do we take care of ourselves, maybe a, diet, a chiropractor, PT, and MD, I don't care what you do, so your health is important just as much as the patient. You have the example of how to take care of yourself if you're gonna tell patients how to take care of themselves too. Because physicality June is important. You have to be strong enough to not just see one person a day. Sure. You have to see 50, 60 people, 70 people a day. Get exhausted sometimes. Sometimes like, I'll go to lunch and go like this. Instead of saying like, hey, hi, high five, I can't lift my shoulder. I'm like, okay, see, see you guys later. I'm gonna go home, take a nap, go ice down. So you have to be able to take care of yourself even between patients and even on your lunch breaks. I take a nap every day, that's my thing. People think because them, whatever. That's how I recharge, shut down, and then go back again for another 30, 40 patients. So what you're saying is after a full days of work, Mm -hmm. you need to go see a chiropractor to get treated on you. At least once a week. Got it, sounds good. Um, You know, I have a question here. Um, Sure. It's, it's pretty evident to me that you take a very holistic, whole person approach, which mm-hmm. aligns very much with some of the other health professional philosophies, uh, mainly osteopathy, mm-hmm. even naturopathic medicine has that sort of holistic, the body's natural ability to heal. And it's very clear to me that you, you practice amazing holistic medicine. Yeah. If you could do it all over again, would you still choose chiropractic or would you find another health professional avenue outlet to do what you do? Because the truth is, I think that holistic approach, you can practice that, you can incorporate Mm -hmm. that into all the different health professions. You don't have to be limited to one specific health professions, but I think we can maybe, you know, somewhat accurately conclude that some health professions align a little more friendly to allow that to happen. Mm versus others. For example, if you're like a trauma surgeon, yeah, you're not doing holistic, you know, surgery. You're, you're, you're going straight to that very specific focal point to, to achieve a certain objective. Can you think of another health profession that you think you would have aligned nicely with? If anything, if, if I did become a chiropractor as more of a specialty, I would have thought of being a DO, Dr. Rossat, because it allows me to practice chiropractic within that profession also. The only thing is and then that it's almost when when you're when you're that say for example you're doing you're you're a DO and you're focused on medicine but you do chiropractic also 
is it, and that question I always ask people, do you want to be a jack of all trades or a master of one? And being a master of one for me means being a chiropractor because I can help people physically and also increase your quality of life so they become their best doctor. I can do workshops. I can do, and I can work 30 hours a week. I, I don't work 40 hours a week. Sometimes I do, sometimes I go, I go crazy and do other things too. But my, in my practice, I work about 25, 30 hours a week. I have a good income because I see a lot of people, because I educate people. But a lot of it is allows me to live that lifestyle of a healthy lifestyle, promote that with my patients. So if there was one, it would be a DO because it would give me that, that, that variety of not only practicing medicine, maybe prescribe it if it need be, but I still want to focus on chiropractic. So that would be my thing. Even though being MD might pay more, might do this, it just, what do you, what's your passion about? What do you like? To, how do you want to help people? That's what it comes down to. If, wherever you choose, students, how do you want to help people? Is it with your voice, with your skill? Do you want to be, do you, I mean, phenomenal. If you're a surgeon, phenomenal. I, I don't have that skill. Anesthesiology, I worked in a chem lab one year. I blew things up. Not my thing. Okay? I almost killed myself, I think. But a lot of it is, can you focus on what your personality is? If you're a social person, like to talk to people, like to smile, like to show people that you care and really care for people, then choose a profession like chiropractic that you're one-on-one -on -one with people. There's no way yet to do chiropractic virtually. So we have to deal with people one-on-one, -on -one, Face to face, what the problem comes in with, and help them feel better, if not just emotionally, but also physically too over time. And it's a learned skill. Chiropractic, like anything else, like being a surgeon, is a learned skill. So when you go to chiropractic school, you're gonna have to adjust your friends and family and hopefully not hurt them the first time. And over time, build up that art form, that art form, that art form, so you become a proficient person in your skill, which I do 60, 70 times a day. All right. Thank you for confirming uh, my hunch because I said, you know, he's probably <laughs> going to say a DO because he's going to have the additional arsenal mm -hmm. in his uh, toolbox. But I also ponder whether if you had the prescription pad uh, at your side, that that might somehow bias your, your approach to your patients. But again, mm -hmm. this is what you were talking about, the, the ability to just to specialize and be a master of one versus a jack of all. So I'd rather have someone that I trust that does that, let them take care of that end. Sure. At that point, let them focus on that point. Not that I'm not going to be liable, but I yeah. want to make sure they're doing because that's all they do. Yeah, that's all they do. I'm not. I'm, if I'm if I'm doing an, a, a do part time chiropractic full time, I may not be as proficient in that, and I may give someone the wrong prescription. All of a sudden, they die on me. I'd feel bad. You know, wouldn't be my thing. This has been uh, amazing for for a lot of different reasons. One of which um, I did not expect, but. Uh, I, I would love to follow up because we do have uh, post-bac students who are with us for the whole entire academic year, and I would love for them to to study and learn under your tutelage. The, the clinical skills training is, is something that they can start right away, as you mm -hmm. had mentioned. They don't have to wait for the first year of med school to learn Good. clinical skills. So yeah, I, I look forward to, to setting up something where, uh, and especially because we're so close. What's the thing, I'd, I'd actually spoken, are, spoken with your, with the yeah. center I think about two years ago, and I had one student come in and just go and volunteer and shadow. Yep. You're about probably 15 minutes away, you know, from well, my office. Of, yeah, Indian Hill. I mean, you're on Euclid, so yeah. it, it's really close by. Easy. All right, students, you guys get one last chance to ask. We got time for one more question from Dr. Tony here. Make Anything else? No pressure, no pressure. Yeah. No, these students uh, know that uh, there's no pressure. Well, the biggest thing is this is not, that's, this is not an end of I'll never see you guys again. 
Talk to June, talk to myself. I'll get and then June has me information too. Email me, text me, call me, whatever it is too. Come and volunteer. I take I'm there Monday in my private practice, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. At that point, you can come in for an hour and volunteer, chit chat, whatever it is. I'll always find time for you guys because you guys are where I was. So I want to mentor because I was mentored to make make you success, whatever you want to do, not reinvent the wheel. So students, I, I put in some links uh, that Dr. Tony has shared. So if you'd like, go ahead and, and copy and paste that for your resources. I know that we've been uh, going over tons of resources over this uh, program, but uh, definitely want to keep those. You're welcome. Thank you, Casey. Casey. Yep. All right. All right. Let's thank Dr. Tony for his time. Uh, we will connect later. Thank you so much thank for you guys. the time. Appreciate it. Thanks, Elba. Thank you, Elba. I saw you laughing in there too, Elba, so I'm glad I hope you got my jokes. Good. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Take care, Dr. Tony.